0: Welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style, a weekly podcast hosted by Pat Wesolowski. Pat began homeschooling her nine children more than 25 years ago. It didn't take her long to discover that co-ops were a perfect fit for her educational goals. Co-ops allowed her family to study together with other families, creating a safe and friendly environment that was conducive to honing public speaking skills, sharing responsibilities with other parents, lessen the stress and the workload. After years of organizing and orchestrating a variety of co-ops, Pat is here to encourage, teach, and promote homeschooling co-op style. Hi, and welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style. Today we have a guest on the show, Kendra Fletcher, who is also an Ultimate Radio show host. We'll talk a little bit about her program later, but we're first going to talk to Kendra about co oping Welcome to the show, Kendra.
1: Well, thanks, Pat. Thanks for having me.
0: And you are away on a retreat right now, is that right?
1: I am. I'm with uh, five other bloggers, and we're just hanging out at the beach house and working and writing and telling each other to be quiet so we can work and write. <laughs>
0: what a tough job, hanging out at the beach with fellow bloggers. Oh.
1: <laughs> I know, it's terrible. Well, I'm glad Inverable. you took
0: the time. <laughs>
1: well, thank you. It's great to do this.
0: Well, I want to know about your experiences with co-ops as a homeschooler. So, begin telling us a little bit about your co-oping experience and then we'll go from there.
1: Sure. Well, we have um, eight children that were are all within 15 years. So, you know, I had this 15-year-old high schooler and I also had my eight newborns <laughs> and um, <laughs> so for a long time there, the thought of being on somebody else's schedule, you know, or having to get everybody out the door to be somewhere um, was totally overwhelming to me. So we have not always done a co-op setting. Um, We did commit to it one year because the co-op was once a month. It was one Friday a month, and it was absolutely fabulous. My kids loved it. And it was great for me, you know, to have that to look forward to every month and know that some some mom was going to do some fabulous science experiment with them and, Somebody was going to do fitness and, you know, whatever. And so that was really fantastic. Um, but we've, I've a lot of times just paired up with another homeschooling mom who had a strength that I didn't have, and so we would trade. You know, I would help with her kids' writing, and she would um, dissect something with my kids at the kitchen table. And so, you know, kind of got by sometimes that way. Um, and then we've had uh, a couple of kids do classical conversations um, and that you know that's a little more of a structured setting, um, but that was completely positive. In fact, one of my older kids, who's now graduated, told me that that was his best high school year. So I, I really see the benefits of a co-op setting, um, and you know probably would have participated more and will as we go along here, simply because um, I had you know all these little kids, and now they're starting to grow up, and it's more doable.
0: Right, right. And one of the things that I loved about our co-ops was the fact that we did have children of all different ages and for the most part we stayed together uh, in the same room throughout the day and then we might break up for the younger children to do crafts or easier experiments and the older children to do something that was more challenging. But I liked it because we were together and I could see my children learning and be with them and help teach them and we did classical conversations one year as well and and there were a lot of really good things that i liked about classical conversations one of the things i did not like as much was the fact that we were all in different rooms and so i didn't feel like i was participating as much and and i really missed that a lot So when I had all ages, because I have nine and they were 18 years apart, we would have co-ops that would include children of all ages. And then as they grew up and eventually I only had teens at home, then the co-ops I organized were focused on just the teens. So that looked a little different. But that's what's so neat about co-ops. You can make them fit whatever your situation is. So tell me about your once-a-month one. Now, probably the kids looked forward to that because they were going to be with friends regardless of what they were doing. Is that is that right?
1: Oh, sure. And it was an all-day thing. You know, I think, um, I can't remember what the timing was. But, and we actually drove about an hour away to go to that wow. one. Um, yeah, and it, it was worth it. It was worth it every time. You know, it was worth picking that newborn and figuring out when to nurse her and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um <laughs> but they and and I as I recall it was it was a lot of big projects and so you know if it was uh November we were doing something for Thanksgiving and um you know just just some really great things that I never would have been able to do either by myself because that wasn't you know my skill set or whatever or just because I I was busy with lots of little kiddos and um so that, you know, gosh, that kind of that, you know, bringing together and capitalizing on people's strengths and being helped in your weaknesses is is really the the best part of having a co-op.
0: Yeah, and you know, you talking about that just gave me a great idea, especially for people who have not done any kind of co-oping and have been sort of intimidated by getting together once a month throughout the school year. If you focused that one co-op on things that took place during that month like September there's Constitution Day and October yes. you have um, fall events and All Saints Day and things like that which you may want to incorporate you know in, <laughs> in a way that pleases your family and Thanksgiving in November and Christmas and December and one year we even had a a short little Christmas co-op, and we read books and we sang songs and we went and visited people and we had community service for the kids as part of that co-op. But you almost could have a monthly co-op and just have each co-op have to do with something that took place that month. February could be presidents and, and March or April it could be Easter. So that would be a good way for someone to get their feet wet. And then when you have other moms involved, You, you become more creative and you feel free to use your gifts and talents that you have and let other people, for instance, I never will dissect an animal, so (laughs) that's not my strength (laughs) or strong, so I, and there are, I do have friends who just, they love that. I don't get it, but they do. So sharing, sharing the workload with parents who can do things that you, you may not be suited or may not want to do, and, and they're really good at it, that also helps, helps co-ops work well together too. I know my children, usually, the academics was always a bonus. It wasn't something that, that they were as concerned about as they were getting together with friends. And being homeschooled, you know, you do have to be intentional about the times you get together and spend with your friends. Now, when we first started, we were one of the first ever homeschooled, so there were very few opportunities. And now there's, you know, they can take dance, they can take sports, they can join a band, they can join athletic teams. There's so many things they can do now that it's not quite as hard but co-ops do help provide a, a safe and friendly environment for our children, so that we can experience what they're learning and work alongside other mothers and get to visit too. So, did you have visiting time with the moms with your co-ops?
1: Oh yeah, and you know everybody would bring a picnic lunch, and um, you know that was great. I think you know when you are, you're you're a, a mom of little ones and. You're homeschooling. It can be isolating depending on who you are or what your situation is. You know, there's a lot of homeschoolers out there that are the only ones they know doing that. And it can be, it can feel very isolating when the other mom's kids are in school and they're all getting together for coffee and you can't because all you're right. homeschooling. And and so, yeah, that um, that ability to get together and, and connect with other moms um, is, it can, it can really be what gives you a little fuel for the next month, you know.
0: Right, like a shot in the arm, and and the kids didn't have something to look forward to as well. We had a co-op one year where we had a mom drive an hour, and it was a weekly co-op, and she came every week, and her children just loved it, and she enjoyed it. And it it was a lot of driving for her, but but there wasn't anything closer available for her to take part in, and she didn't feel like she could start her own. Now, after she joined our co-op, she did feel more equipped and and went back to her area and did start her own co-op so she didn't have to travel as far. So sometimes just introducing parents into a, a concept helped help them get their feet wet and let them realize how it's just not as intimidating as it sounds. Um, right. Just people, the opportunity and the encouragement to take part in a co-op. Now, you said that you have worked with several other families. I'm assuming you just kept the small, but you did things together. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, and, you know, usually on something where we thought, um, hey, let's get together and do this, or, um, you know, it's funny, we've been doing this for so long that I've probably forgotten some of the the times I've done that with other moms, but but the one that comes to mind because it was, you know, so dramatic is um, I had a son who was really into turtles And so I, you know, bought this turtle unit study for him, and he got to do that for science that fall, but part of it was dissecting a turtle, and there was no way I was going to dissect a turtle, (laughs) but I have a friend who's who loves science and loves dissecting things and all of that, and I just kind of put the word out, you know, her kids and then any other kids that have homeschooled families, I said, you know, I probably sent an email out and said... Anybody who wants to bring their kids on over, Lisa's going to be dissecting this turtle on my back porch, and um, I have great pictures of it. You know, there's probably 20 kids gathered around her as they're they're dissecting the turtle, and she's kind of reading the unit study material that goes along with it. and And I stayed in the kitchen and prepared a snack. It was fabulous.
0: You could prepare a snack that looked like a turtle but was chocolate. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you might have to send me a picture. We could make that the, the button for the show, somebody dissecting yeah, a turtle. Oh, oh. <laughs> But it is great when you get other, other people together and get them involved, and oftentimes it's just a matter of somebody thinking something up or they're doing something for their family. We have a mom here whose son in high school is very interested in how things work. And so she put out a little email and said, hey, anybody want to get your kids together and let's find some retired men to teach them how to fix things? And there was an oh, overwhelming yeah. response. And so every week they've gotten together with these retired men to learn how to fix small engines and repair oh. toilets and do things that we all all would love for our children to learn how to how to do and, and make it yes. part of their schooling experience.
1: Absolutely. And you know, that's a fantastic point. And it actually reminds me of um of a sort of little co op situation that, that we did have. A friend of mine had a neighbor who was a World War Two vet and he He, we just kind of arranged for him to come and talk to the kids about World War II and his experiences, and he was such an animated fellow that those kids hung on every word, and it was fantastic. Yeah, so that's that's a good point. You know, we we do need to grab those older people in our community who probably have the time and a heart to pass along their knowledge, and a co-op is a perfect setting for that.
0: Right, and it's one of the things I love about homeschooling is you can have younger children with older children with older adults. Oftentimes, whereas in school you have 30 of the same age kids in the same room and they, they don't get the experience. And it's so neat to see them interact with the adults. Like one time I was listening, I'm in Tennessee now, but I was listening to a radio interview and Jeb Bush, who was the governor of Florida, which is where I'm from, was being interviewed. And somehow the question came up about homeschoolers visiting his office. And his response was so interesting to me because he said, you know, when a regular school kid comes in, they sort of look down. He says, I'm a tall guy. They're a little intimidated. They don't really look me in the eye, and they just sort of mumble. He says, but when those homeschoolers come, he said, they look up, they look at me in the eye, they hold out their hand, they shake my hand. He said, they, they're they very comfortable with adults. And it, I don't even recall what prompted this question, but it was neat to hear him talk about how impressed he was with that. And the fact that we can meet often and have several adults speaking into our children's life is huge. So,
1: oh, that's absolutely, one of
0: one of the things we love about cop, and the one I'm doing now, I'm doing one on Middle Ages, and, and we're studying First Corinthians 13 because we decided in light of the Crusades and the horrible reputation Christians have for going out and killing our enemies, we should conquer that by memorizing First Corinthians 13 and talk about love. And so every week we've had character lessons, and, and the parents have said to me, it is so neat to have you say what we've been saying and have it hit home to the children because they're hearing someone else say it, and it it just makes a difference. So that's another reason that that I think co-ops, you know, my kids would come home and say, gosh, guess what I learned, and it would be something I had already taught them, we had talked about, but it had just gone in one ear and out the other. So it's good (laughs) back reinforcement.
1: <laughs> That's so true we had as a yeah, as an um kind of a younger dad in the lives of of our older kids that boy any time Tommy says it it is. <laughs> It's like it's straight out of scripture, and we just kind of laugh and kick ourselves under the table because, you know, it's the same thing we've been saying in their lives for 20 years, but boy, if Tommy says it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, that's and a and gift. It's nice you know. to have that. It is. It, it is good. Is. It's a gift.
0: Uh, one of the things that we concentrate on in our co-ops is having the children give presentations to a group. Have you been part of a co-op that's done that, that's? that's had the children learn public speaking skills and be able to give presentations.
1: Yes, and see, you're saying these things, and it's reminding me of all the things we have done. <laughs> good, I totally forgot about that. We did a speech and debate co-op. I, gosh, I completely forgot about that. And so oh. our oldest two sons and then a friend's oldest two sons were all kind of that high school age, and, and they were using the same curriculum. And so we, he organized He The dad had been in speech and debate himself, and he organized like a, a whole rubric and we grabbed my in-laws and their, you know, their in-laws and, and brought your yeah. grandparents in and everybody watched them give these, these, their speeches or, you know, do their debate or whatever it was that month. It was a monthly thing also. And um, we had a rubric that we had to, you know, fill out if you were listening to them to give their speeches or right. do their debates. And there was a clear winner at the end too. Yeah. So, you know, it was just an opportunity for those guys to get up there and, And speak in front of a crowd and and do something like that and um, that was that was fantastic because if you're not um, if you don't have an opportunity to do that in church or or something else at the time our kids didn't then um, that's a great skill to learn to be able to get you know get up in front of a group and and compose yourself and and you know, write a speech or write write some sort of a debate where you've got to think through what your opponent is, is telling you. So yeah, we did that. That was that was a great opportunity for them.
0: When we did our Civil War unit study years ago, we had the children debate both sides of issues so they would become prepared in being able to defend both sides. I mean, there were never issues oh, they had to take an immoral or an unbiblical stand on. But just so they could understand how the other side thinks and come up with questions and be able to um, to address the issues. And then, and I, I, when you're saying rubric, I'm guessing you mean like flowchart, which is what we called it, where you keep up with what's going on in the debate so you understand the points that are being made and and be able to answer those points. And, and when the children learn that skill as well, that's huge. It helps so much later in conflict resolution. If they're able to listen deeply and think of questions they want to ask and make clarifying points, what what a great skill. And you really, unless you have a large family and even then, it's hard to do that at home by yourself. So oh, yeah. co-op, <laughs> co-oping with other families really does create a great environment for honing those skills. And I don't know about you, but I was not taught public speaking until I went to college. And by then I was petrified.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: So the younger they do it, the more comfortable they are with it. And we've even had some co-ops where moms have come in and said they are petrified. And I said, you know what, I leave that up to you. If you don't want them to give a presentation, fine, let them watch. And it has never failed that the child who was petrified by the second or third week is saying, I can do this. I want to do this. And we even had one girl one time, she turned such a deep shade of red and her hands were shaking so much, I thought she was going to pass out. I was a little bit concerned. But yeah. now she's in like her fourth year of co-oping, and and it's it's nothing to her anymore. She gets up, she shares, she's creative. It's it's amazing to see how quickly they transform from having a fear to being comfortable with it. Oh, that's we great. are going to take a short break. We're going to have a little commercial, and then we'll come right back. We need to take a break for a word from our sponsor. Many homeschooling families participate in some type of dual enrollment program, and oftentimes a student has finished one or more years of college before they even graduate high school. The ad you're about to hear is from Dr. Livesay, president of Bryan College. I've been a fan of Bryan College for years, and I'm excited about their amazing dual enrollment program. If you live near Dayton, like we do, your dual enrolled child can attend classes on campus. However, if you're not close enough to attend a class, your child can take online classes for the unbelievably low price of $100 an hour. And, if you're a Tennessee resident, there are dual enrollment funds available for high school students as well. You'll be hard-pressed to find a Christian college with a strong worldview emphasis that offers dual enrollment at this low price. So listen up and check it out. Hello, I'm Stephen Livesey, President of Bryan College, and I'd like to tell you about an exciting offer to assist homeschool families. Bryan seeks to provide a stimulating online environment where our students experience a deepening love for God and His truth. And at $100 per credit hour, your child can finish high school and receive college credit at the same time. To learn more about your child enrolling in Bryan's dual enrollment program, where all classes are taught from a Christian worldview, contact us at online at bryan.edu. That's dot E-D-U or visit brianedu slash online. Okay, thank you for listening in. We have Kendra Fletcher today. And Kendra, I want to diverge a little bit from co-ops and talk about your show on Ultimate Radio Network that you have with your husband. Tell us about your show.
1: Well, we co-host, my husband and I, uh, homeschooling IRL, which is just tech speak for in real life. And um, we... My husband's sort of a nut, so we we, are, we have a lot of fun. <laughs> he's he's very funny, and I just laugh at all his jokes. Um, and we just have seen over the years in homeschooling, you know, I think there are a lot of topics that homeschoolers have a have a difficult time. Um, Maybe being honest, entirely honest about, or or not willing to really um, go there, and and by that I mean, you know, I think really we've all had to defend homeschooling for so long. Uh, you know, when the when the modern homeschool movement really started to gain speed, there were critics everywhere, and we've always had to sort of defend our um, ability to to really uh, excel in academics. We've had to defend, you know, just those choices or whatever, and so. I think we're on the defense a little bit and we just decided that maybe now is the time to put some things out on the table and and discuss them and be willing to take those tricky topics and um, kind of circle all the way around them and come to the biblical conclusion or to come to a point where we could say this may be an area of disagreement amongst homeschoolers or even just amongst believers but let's pour grace in the gospel all over this situation. And so oh, that is really, that. Re- really our goal at the, you know, by the end of every episode is to just say, hey, y'all, remember, homeschooling is not going to save our kids. Jesus is our Savior. And homeschooling is a fantastic tool and a wonderful gift. Um, but let's all remember why we're doing this and what he did for us. So that the grace
0: in the gospel. I love the grace in the gospel. That's that's so good because we do tend to divide up into our cliques and take sides and have a, a black and a white, right and a wrong, and you got to do it my way. But then yes. again, those of us who have been homeschooling for so long, and and for me, this is my twenty ninth year. <laughs> we have yeah. seen we have just seen extremes, and I know there's a lot of concern with parents for raising children who don't walk away from the faith when they leave the home. And unfortunately, sometimes there's not much grace, there's more legalism, and it's not really helping. It's almost creating a bigger problem. So there are so many issues, and I know looking at your titles on the website, I I want to listen to every one of them. And what's neat about the Ultimate (laughs) Radio Show is they're archived, and you can hear them from the internet or from iTunes or, or whatever. So you guys have a lot of a lot of great topics, and your husband is in that. So I'm sure people yeah. will will enjoy <laughs> listening to those shows. So thank you for sharing uh, yeah. that. When does your show air?
1: We air um, every other week on Friday evenings at five five p.m. Pacific time, and, and by air I mean that's just when the new episode goes up. And so, right, you know, it's not a live show. You can, like you said, you can grab these shows anytime. Um, on lots of different platforms, and um, it's it's pretty great, you know, pop it into your, on your iPod and, and clean it out <laughs> while you're listening in or way.
0: whatever. The face of homeschooling is changing so much. For years, the conventions were our, our breath of fresh air every year, and we would go and we'd hear speakers and we would look at curriculum, and, and we still do that, but now with the app, Advents of the Internet and technology and things like that, we can spend our time even more wisely while we're traveling by listening to these podcasts And or late at night. You know, we don't have to be right at the convention to hear great advice from people who have been there, done that, and then have something to share with us. So I'm excited about the Ultimate Network and where it's leading, all, all the new speakers that are joining, and the shows that are coming up. So it's fun to be a part of, isn't it?
1: Oh, it certainly is. And there's a lot of great content.
0: Now, your youngest is how old right now?
1: Our youngest is five, and he has a brain injury. Um, so he's, he's a lot like a, like a four, you know, he's about a year behind developmentally. So, um, he's my little perpetual preschooler, at least for now. <laughs> oh, and your oldest yeah. is? Old? My oldest is 21.
0: Okay, so you have several that are, um, finished with their homeschooling high school years.
1: Yes, I have two uh my twenty one year old finishes his bachelor's degree this spring and my nineteen year old took a year off and is headed to nursing school in August.
0: Oh, okay. Did you say your oldest is finishing his
1: doctorate degree? No, no, his bachelor's degree. Oh bachelor's. Okay, I was gonna say, boy, that's pretty good. We were super impressive. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And he, he just was one of those kids who he is finishing a year early but I always tell people that it has nothing to do with how I homeschooled him or he's just a tenacious firstborn who said, I just want to get this done," So yeah. <laughs> it's all yeah. on him.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, with my nine children, they are all so different and they've all taken yep. different paths after high school. And, and my middle child, number five, he, he went to two different gap year programs. and oh, wow. Things, yeah, before he... Uh, And actually, he's married and has a baby and is still finishing his bachelor. So that's all okay. You know, we want them to be where God wants them to be. Yeah, it is. I love one time we had um, Bodie Bauckham came to our town to speak to the Women's Pregnancy Center, and we asked him to speak to the homeschoolers while he was there. And I just love that he reiterated, there is no magic formula. It is not black and white. What works for one child isn't going to work for the next, even in your own home, much less your own community or your country. And, and that's one of the beauties of homeschooling is we can help our children find their gifts and talents and push them or lead them or just give them direction to a path that, that they can go to. And, you know, I tell mine all the time, I just want you to be where God wants you to be. I want you to be doing yeah. what God wants you to be doing. And, and that may not make sense at all to the world <laughs> with the choices they make and the places they go. And that's one of the things that I find is so neat too about co-op because I do think it's important they all learn how to speak in public because we do verbally talk unless we're mute every day of our lives. So yes. why not build that skill? You know, why, why not hone that? And if you want to if you're going to be prepared to be ready to give an answer for every man who asks for the hope you have, then you need to be able to articulate your faith and to defend it and to ask questions and to listen. And so co-ops make such a great situation for that and When they see other children, in fact, I I tell parents, you know, the children raise the bar in the co-ops. The first one who comes in in the costume to give his presentation has every child in the costume the next week. And then when they come with props, or they do an experiment. That's what they're doing the next week. And I'll never forget one co-op. Every week the boy was creative in a different way. And the following week every student followed suit with what he did. Oh, and it was funny. so cute and we just loved it. It was like, what is he going to do next? He he would include another person and have an interview. He would um, ask for volunteers from the audience and let them participate. It was just really neat. And once oh, children see good. that. In fact, this co-op I have now, I had one in the fall with an American Girl, one with little girls, and there's one gal who gives a presentation every time. They don't all have to, but she always does. Well, in the fall, it was mostly her mom preparing material and giving it to her, and she was reading it and reading it. and. You and I both know you tend to lose your audience if you're just standing up front reading information. But the more she's participated, the more comfortable she's become with it. And two weeks ago, her mom emailed me, and they're also going through some things in their family. The dad had open-heart surgery. And she said, my daughter did her report all on her own, totally. And so she came to co-op and she had a PowerPoint presentation that she did and she used my little clicker and she went through it and it was much shorter, but it was much more memorable because of the information and the connection with the PowerPoint. So they're learning skills at a young age that they'll be able to use for a long time and it's easier on us as parents because we're sharing that workload with other parents.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: And we get to visit and socialize too. Yeah, it's <laughs> so true. It's, it's a win-win-win. We had this week. We tried to have thematic snacks to our <laughs> to our co-ops, and I laugh because studying the medieval period and Middle Ages, it's been a little <laughs> hard to find thematic <laughs> snacks. But this yeah. last week, they made miniature catapults. And a parent brought cheese balls and marshmallows, and they tried to catapult the food into other people's mouths. Oh,
1: so, my goodness, that's fantastic. I love it. It was
0: kind of sort of thematic, but it was hilarious. <laughs> and The children absolutely loved it. And, you know, oh, when we talk great. about teaching character, too, we've been talking about paying it forward and doing random acts of kindness and, That day, several children were sick from co-op, so when they made their catapult, I said, why don't you, let's all make two, and then we'll have one for the children who aren't here, and I even heard a little bit of complaint for one child, so it's such a good opportunity in a group setting, you stop and you go, now wait a minute, this isn't going to take much of your time, this is a way to show love, this is a way to think of somebody more important than yourself, and this is a random act of kindness, sort of instigated by your teacher, and now you have to do it, but... (laughs) But but their attitudes changed and they did all spend time and they made another catapult and I think they were happy that they had done it too and then they went back to shooting the cheese balls and the marshmallows and yeah. and having a blast so I love yeah, the great. opportunities great. that co-ops afford and that that they um, are such a good way to promote so many different things beyond just the academics with homeschoolers and it, it's sad to me that so many homeschoolers are. They're just afraid to try it. They they just want to stick with their textbooks or their videos or whatever it is that they're comfortable with because that's how they were taught. But I yeah. just want to urge people, you know, give it a try. Even if, like you, you, you've had several situations where you've just had one other family or maybe two other families and you did things together and that works, Right.
1: Right, it absolutely works, and it's fun. I mean, if it, if you're if you have one friend that you know who homeschools, grab that person and say, you know, how can we help each other? Even if her strength is something that isn't necessarily academic, you know, like you said, that gentleman taught them how to fix things. <laughs> I mean, what a great you know what a great skill, um, and uh, boy, it it takes a load off for that day. It it allows you to do something with with all of the kids that you really enjoy. Um, and then, like you said, there's that social aspect for mom, which is um, can sometimes just feel like an oasis in the
0: desert. And, you know, now there are. We, we've we written several guides for co-opting, which make it very easy for parents to use if they want some kind of structure. But in addition to ours, there's a lot that are, are being published and that are available. I know there's one on um, Little House on the Prairie Other titles don't come to mind, but there's so much more available now than when we first started homeschooling. Even if you don't feel confident that you can do one structurally yourself, you can buy the publications that help you do that. I know one time we were in a co-op using – we have a book we wrote called Cross-Cultural Cruise. Which is a mouthful with the books of Patricia Palacca, who's a great children's author. Yeah. We don't, yeah. we don't recommend every book she writes because she gets off on some topics. But we picked out ten of our favorite books, and it's sort of like an uh, extended drawn-out five in a row for co-op. We use that book as the anchor for each week, and then we have presentations and reports and and different. Um, subjects that we teach out of that and in the guide it has your bible verses to memorize your experiments to do your thematic snacks everything's listed in there character lessons english geography it's all right there so we were having this co-op and the parents were rotating assignments so one week i might teach the bible the next week i may do geography the next week timeline and we did have science lessons in that co-op well one week the one of the moms called me and she said Pat, I have science this week, and that's just not my thing, so I'm hiring an FSU student to come teach the science. And I said, you can do that if you want, but if you open your book and you turn to this page, it tells you exactly right there what to do and what to say. And she's like, oh, I didn't know that was already in there. So I do realize there are people who think they don't have enough strength to do what it takes to either organize, lead, or be part of, but you do. And there are publications that can make it much easier for you. And besides that, you usually just get one creative friend in the co-op. They pretty much can run the show and tell everybody else what to do, and there are people who just like to be told what to do.
1: (laughs) Right. That's very true.
0: I liked organizing them myself because then I could pick the subjects that I wanted to learn, and most of my education came from co oping my children, not from when I went to school or college. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, before we wrap up and we're about done, if you have um or just share with our audience your thoughts on co oping and encouraging moms to give this a try.
1: Yeah, I I really would. And um, you know, I think we moms know when uh, when we need to take a season where we're not leaving the house, you know, for, for um if you've got your postpartum or, you know, whatever that that may be. But I think by and large, if you can grab somebody and be in community anytime that we can be in community and really support each other is a good thing.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. And there are seasons and times where people choose not to co-op. And my co-ops are always we do two a year. We do one in the fall and one in the spring, but we break. We end before Thanksgiving and we don't start till after Christmas, and that gives us a, a lot of good family time with our family without the pressures of what all is involved with co-ops and the ac- academics that are attached to that, too. Well, I'm excited that you had the time to share with us. I'll let you get back to your women and the beach, and I'll encourage our <laughs> listeners to go check out your In Real Life IRL show on the Ultimate Radio Network. and listen to you and your husband because I know I've listened to several of the shows. I want to listen to them all. I haven't had time to to hear them all and they are so encouraging and have such good advice and adding that grace to the gospel is, is a message we need to remember. So thanks for being on the show and I hope the rest of your weekend is wonderful.
1: Thank you so much, Pat. I hope the same for you. All right, You take care. You too.
0: Thank you for joining us today. If you like what you heard, be sure to tell your friends And until next time, this has been homeschooling, co-op style.